This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to another episode of the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast where we discuss all things FPL. My name is Brandon and I am here with my co-host Josh, otherwise known as the greatest FPL manager in all of America. Yep, yeah. forever, in a, forever in a year. <laughs> and you had a little bit of a turnaround this week, Josh. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm, I'm, feeling I'm feeling good. You get an uh, assist from your goalkeeper. You got to be riding that it's, wave through through the whole week, right? It, it is a good week. I mean, uh, were you you're, fist you're, bumping people when you got into the office on Monday? <laughs> you are joking, of course, because it's been a really terrible start to the season for me. Uh, I have, I did, however, move up from uh, two point six million uh, to two point one million. So I have uh, I have surged past four hundred fifty thousand people. Uh, probably all dead teams, but you know, I've got to say, hundreds of thousands of managers that had, does have a solid ring to it. It does, yeah. And I, I, I felt pretty good. I would have felt a little better if Liverpool had been able to keep a clean sheet on uh, on Sunday, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. It was I had fifty four points this week. Uh, a very, very late Eden Hazard goal that probably should have been a Callum Chambers own goal. Uh, really helped things along. Yeah, that kind of destroyed me in our head-to-head. Uh, I lost. I mean, we'll get into the, the ins and outs of our squads in a little bit, just to give our listeners an idea of what we're going to talk about. First, we're going to do the rundown of our public mini-league table, Hail Cheaters. We're going to see who's coming in uh, on top there. We also have a lot of new managers coming in for Game Week 6. And, uh, Josh, we're going to try out a new segment that you invented uh, it could called, be could be a one time thing. We'll see. It could, if it's terrible, you'll never hear of it again. But <laughs> we're calling it unpopular opinions. We'll tell you what that's all about in a minute. And uh, the fixtures from game week six that we're going to drill down into. We, we've selected Chelsea Arsenal. I can't imagine what we're going to talk about there. Boring game. Uh, Manchester City West Ham. Another boring game, right? <laughs> I mean, you could argue that that was kind of a boring game. <laughs> the first half was not boring. <laughs> 
And then Southampton versus Manchester United. Those are our game week six fixtures. We'll surely get into some of the other fixtures surrounding. And uh, then we'll preview game week seven. Josh, we had a fun uh, day out uh, watching the Saturday morning fixtures here in New York. Yeah, we went to the uh, Football Factory, which is um, right by sort of in the shadow of the Empire State Building in New York. And uh, somehow, despite going to bars in New York for years and years and years um, to watch soccer, you know, early in the morning, uh, we'd never actually gone there. And it's it's kind of a famous bar. It's a uh, um, lot of these weird places that there. has two names. It's mm-hmm. Legends, but also the Football Factory. Yeah, it's like a pop-up shop, you know, <laughs> like you sometimes see in restaurants, like uh, like Danny Bowen from Mission Chinese will sometimes pop in at places and make food for a while. It's like a pop-up football shop. Yeah, great vibes. We, we, were, we were watching some of the pre- Premier League games upstairs, and there were all these people singing and banging on drums downstairs, and who'd have thunk it? They were all PSG fans. Yeah, it was crazy, uh, and just and they were all in Midtown too. I mean, that's why that's why I'd never gone there uh, because uh, the thought of going to Midtown on a, on a Saturday morning is like the absolute worst idea in most cases. But uh, yeah, it was a great place. I'd definitely go back there again. I, I thought about going there a few times because I'm a Fulham supporter, and Fulham NYC, this uh, little fan group um, of Fulham supporters, they occasionally convince a bartender there to put a championship game on one of the little TVs down in the basement, but. Uh, I have not been able to make it there for a Fulham game yet, but uh, we had we had a great time. We'll be we'll back. get there someday. <laughs> Just like Fulham, we'll get back to the Premier League, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ross McCormick, man, he's going to carry you back. Hell yeah! <laughs> oh, okay. So um, speaking of Ross McCormick, um, I am a Fulham fan in real life, and I am also a Fulham fan in in the video game FIFA. Um, and playing as Fulham is uh, not not terribly fun. It's not like playing uh, Real as Real Madrid or Barcelona. But if I sound a little sluggish on this podcast, it's because I was playing as as Ross McCormick up until about three a.m. last night, celebrating the launch of FIFA 16. And no, we uh, do not have any sponsorship of any kind from but EA you can, Sports. You, so you, you know, I, I actually don't know too much about FIFA, but you you can build your rating up, right? Like it's. Eventually, you if you play enough and you build up your your like player rating or whatever, you can make Fulham as good as Barcelona, right? Well, you can't take Ross McCormick and make him like a ninety four striker like Cristiano Ronaldo, but you can okay. you can insert a fictional player, i.e., yourself, a player that you make in your mold in your own image, uh-huh. and then you can enter into the transfer market and play for Fulham or whoever. And okay. as as you go, like. If you score ten shots from outside the box, your your strike your uh, long shot rating goes up, and you'll be much better at shooting that sort of thing. Gotcha. And just once again, you're listening to the Always Cheating Podcast, sponsored by FIFA 16. <laughs> Get out there and check it out. Yeah, check me out. I'll be playing for club the pro online pro club team Red Suns United with my main man Harry Bud. Uh, <laughs> Harry underscore Bud. If you're out there listening, I love you, man. <laughs> So speaking of people who we have only met online, let's give the rundown of what happened in the Hail Cheaters Public Mini League this weekend. Yeah, for the second week in a row, we added so many players that the previous first place person got bumped down to second place. So so poor Ajax Treesdown, who uh, had another good week, uh, 63 points, <laughs> uh, high score, I think, um, maybe across the board. 
Um, yeah, I'm looking close, down the table least. here. And, uh, well, we've got his crush crush underfoot down there yeah. in 49th place. He got yeah. 63. Yeah, so a couple people um, had 63, but I think 63 was the high score in our league this week. Oh, I see. I see uh, Hurry Kane, uh, managed by Peter Tind. He's 65 points, sitting oh. at 37. All right, not bad. Uh, so uh, Shonuff uh, is in first place. He had uh, 44 points this week. Kind of a kind of a t- was so Shonuff actually. I think he was around a thousand in the world heading into this week. He's he's down to 1731 now. And I I took a look at his team, and really the the problem was that he had three subs that came through. Uh, Gomez, uh, the Liverpool striker, uh, who we will get into a little bit later. The striker defender, of course. Uh, Cedric, another defender, um, and uh, Silva. Uh, all three were uh, did not play this week, and so he had to bring in Bellerin, Chadley, and Pedro, which actually worked out okay. Um, he got, uh, I guess, seven points from those. So, I mean, given that he had to make three subs, that could have been worse. Now, are you feeling, are you feeling a little bit of a threat here from Jesse Ruff, show enough manager? He is American, and I see he ranks 1,731. Is he going to take your title as the greatest FPL manager in the United States? Uh, no, no, no. He'll never do it. <laughs> It'll never happen, Jesse. Nice try. He or she. We don't actually know. It's hard to say. And then uh, Hippo FC, who was our number one last week, uh, drops down to number two. Yeah, only three points off uh, first place, though. So pretty pretty tight in the Hail Cheaters League. We're up to, yeah, and we're up to what? I think we're up to 50, 58 people now. Yeah, keep them coming. If you're if you're no. listening to the Always Cheating podcast and you still haven't joined the mini league, um, it's your chance to get your one your one shot at Josh here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Enough with the, the chest. <laughs> uh, no, it's your one shot to get a, to get a shot at Josh and Brandon. Uh, I I linger in the three millionth range, uh, so you'll probably be fine. Uh, come and beat me and, and laugh at Big uh, Genesis. <laughs> Name may change soon. Yeah, I'm still not doing much better. I had some green arrows this week, uh, but I'm still here at 1,454,000. So I I still need a little help. I had one of those weeks where you get a random array of green arrows and red arrows. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of mixed messages. I don't really know how to feel about this week. Yeah, uh, it's a... I you know I can't complain about a 54-point week. I mean, I've had so many red arrows this year that uh, I'll, I'll take it and... And I'll, I'll bank my 450,000-point jump. But speaking of not really knowing how to feel, we do want to talk about Unpopular Opinions, our new segment. Uh, <laughs> Josh, can you introduce... Great segue. Yeah, yeah. Introduce this segment for us. All right. So Unpopular Opinions is... Uh, the idea here is that we look at uh, bandwagons for... If you're the kind of person who's listening to this podcast, you're probably on uh, a lot of uh, different websites. Um Transfer Hub, um, Fantasy Football Scout, um, Total FPL, a lot of different sites that are available out there. So uh, you often, you know, if you're reading the comments or you're seeing the posts, I mean, there there are a few people that people are constantly um, talking about dropping or bringing in or or making moves. Um, and uh, so we're here to uh, talk. We're, we're just going to pick one player that we that 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 runs counter to the current thinking. Great. So, um, that, that, you know, we'll see how this goes. This could be a one-time thing. So I'll kick things off, Josh. I My main concern with my team right now is actually my midfield. Uh, or I, I guess it's not a concern. But it's where I'm looking to make some moves. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got, you don't get concerned. You get even. I do, yeah. That's the, the tagline of the action movie that I'm in. Um, 
called Concern Trolling. <laughs> um, so I've got Mark Albrighton on my bench, Mesut Ozil, Andre Ayew, um, uh, Riyad Mahrez, and, and David Silva. I feel like I could improve that a little bit. So I'm looking at midfield transfers in. What are the bandwagons? Um, we were talking about this before we started the podcast. Even though we've watched a handful of West Ham games, I still haven't managed to form my own personal opinion on Dimitri Payet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can just listen to the, um, I guess, the popular opinion to go counter to this segment. Um, he's clearly a great player, um, but the hesitancy is his ownership is skyrocketing. Maybe I right. want a differential. So you go um, to the third most transferred in midfielder here. It's Juan Mata from Manchester United with 49,000 transfers in, which is shocking to me. Um, I mean, it's, it's not shocking because they have the Sunderland fi- fixture that's coming up, which is super enticing. Sunderland is the most garbage team in the league right now. But Juan Mata is the uh, classic midfielder that's um, liable to go invisible. I guess similar to my Mesut Ozil midfielder. Yeah, the the thing about Mata is, and I think this is one of those issues that people who've played in the fantasy league for a long time have. I know I, know I suffer from it. Uh, which is that it's very hard to, in some ways, it's an advantage, right? Because um, it's, it's like, it would take, I can't imagine what like sort of string of goals and assists it would take for me to bring in Oscar at this point, right? Because I've had him so many different times over the years and um, I have always been rewarded, like rewarded with misery, you know, just total abject misery. And also um, he looked terrible on that Arsenal game. He comes and he goes and he gets injured a lot and then he he just doesn't play or he doesn't start and goes three or four games where he sort of drifts in and out of the game and gets subbed in the 60th minute. Um, but, I th- you know, so when that kind of thing happens, it's very hard to be objective about how they're playing this year, you know, or like, you know, I mean, not, you don't want to like just see them get like one goal or one assist to be like, OK, like I'm going to undo all the thinking that I have about this player and and bring him in. Um, but with someone like Mata, what's surprising, and I didn't realize this until um, we were sort of talking about this in the in the, the lead up to the podcast, um, his returns have been very consistent from week two on. Um, he has uh, two goals, two assists, uh, three bonus points. Um, you know, he's he has scores of nine, three, seven, six, seven in the last five weeks. Um, so for that for that price, I mean, for that kind of Mesut Ozil level price. Um, it's kind of tempting. The problem, and I think this is one of the problems you probably have, is that it's hard to you 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 you, you know you're going to get explosive returns with Juan Mata. You know the Juan Mata at Chelsea in 2013 is not here anymore. Yeah, you're right, and it's encouraging that you don't have the Juan Mata from last year or the year before, where you didn't even know if he was going to start. You know, yeah, you're, you're very confident that he's going to start, but um, the other Manchester United bandwagon is Anthony Martial, and mm-hmm. I don't understand why Mata's getting so many transfers in when you've got Martial out there. That's the guy that you want to be getting. And speaking of consistency, and, you know, we're all waiting for this bandwagon for the wheels to fall off, but he scored three goals in one and a half games. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the guy, right? I mean, it's... You know this this week sort of hinges on what 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 you do about Anthony Marshall, you know, do you, or, or Martial, however you say it. So how I mean, do you feel about that? Are you willing to take the gamble on Martial for Sunderland, you know, and then and then you see the fixtures turn to uh, is, Arsenal, I, Everton, and then yeah. City? 
Well, that, that's really the pro- that, that's that's the concern is that the fixtures do get a lot worse. Uh, both the goals, you know, both the goals that he scored on um, on on Sunday uh, in Southampton were were kind of lucky, but you know, is it was it? You know, sometimes luck is the residue of design, as they say. And, you know, like maybe he's just the kind of guy who knows how to be in the right place and his positioning is really good and he knows how to be, uh, he, you know, he's quick to react and uh, and lethal, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it doesn't seem like, I mean, it's not even a certainty to me that he's going to start every game. Um, I mean, I, I do think he'll start at home to Sunderland. Um, but will he be starting in three weeks? I mean, it's not, you know, if he has one bad game in, in two weeks, is he out? Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Um, part of it is a structural problem for me too. Um, I don't, I can't, the way I built my team and I, I really regret this uh, in hindsight. Um, and I think I was, I, I had a little bit of 2014, 2015 season thinking in my head when I built this team, but it just, when you have a, a 5 million striker, I mean, Callum Wilson's working out well. If you don't have Callum, like I, part of the reason why my season is, is not going that well too, is because I have guys like Troy Dini on my team who are delivering okay results, you know, but not, not nothing explosive. Um, just assists, have, no goals, just assists, but you know, I mean, four assists now, so I can't complain too much. No, not at um, all. Or three assists, I guess. Um, no bonus points though, unfortunately. Uh, so the problem is when you have a 5 million, uh, attacker, you're, you're kind of stuck with them. You know, I remember I had a stretch last season when, um, um, when Barahino uh, was on my team, uh, maybe two thirds of the way through the season. And, uh, he just uh, stunk. I mean, he just had this stretch of eight weeks or so where he just um, yeah, he totally he looked, dried up. Looked terrible. Like at, you know, at, at one point, I think he was actually coming off the bench. I mean, he was just so out of form. Uh, but it is very tricky to to swap out a five million defender because there or five million forward because there aren't a lot of easy replacements, and so you typically have to burn four points to do it. So the question is: Is, is Marshall worth burning four points for? And I guess if I was going to captain him this week. I guess it would be. I, I feel like point hits are worth it if you're going to captain the player you're bringing in. Um, I mean, sometimes point hits are worth it just in general. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know who the point hit would even be. You know, I mean, um, I mean, Hazard and Sanchez are on my team, and they're too expensive. And yeah. so they, they, they probably, one of the two has to go at some point, I would imagine. Um, but, you know, like I have AU on my team who, are, who I'm thinking about transferring out. Um, but I couldn't go down enough in money to tr- turn Dini into Marshall, you know? So, right. um, I think if I did it again, when I, when I wildcarded, I would have had, um, like someone like Sacco, you know, um, on West Ham, someone who's around six, 6.5 million. Um, cause you can work with that kind of money, you yeah. know, but five is just a real tough spot. So, um, I couldn't really bring that if I wanted to is where I am right now. Well, so to round out my unpopular opinion, I I'm still beside myself that 49,000 people are bringing in Mata, but right below him with 42,000 in is Ross Barkley, and that's got to be a much better pick, particularly with their fixtures turning in game week 11. Yeah, but say you have the money. Um, say unlike Josh, you played your wild card very strategically, and you've got some cash in the bank. Um, De Bruyne or Hazard, Hazard looks so good in that Arsenal game, um, mm-hmm. if he can keep that form. Um, so Barkley, De Bruyne, and Hazard, those would be the midfielders that I'm definitely looking at. Yeah. Okay, here's my – I like that. Okay, I'm going to mix it up actually from what we discussed before the podcast, Brandon. So get ready for it. Oh, uh, pull, brace yourself against your desk. 
Um, so the, uh, the, my unpopular opinion or the players that I'm, and, and this is sort of the reverse is that these are players who people are bringing out. And, um, it's not so much what we're seeing in the, um, the transferred in on the website, because I'm not sure that the website is always the most accurate reflection of the kind of thinking that's going on on these forums. You know, I think that, um, you know, you'll still see people get transferred in out that run counter to what we're reading on the fantasy football scout page or or transfer hub or anywhere. Right. Uh, so, you know, the, 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 pl- the players that I am inclined to hold on to are the, uh, the Swansea attackers. Um, and I think that they've had, they've had two rough weeks in a row, um, but their fixtures aren't all that bad. This is shocking um, to me. I'm actually really surprised to hear you say this. Well, I just, they have looked excellent all year. I mean, you know, um, Andre Ayew has three goals and an assist. Um, looked fantastic against Man United just just two weeks ago. Uh, Betafima Gomis uh, has been fantastic all year, and they you know they ran into a Watford team that, as we've seen all year, you know really holds their line at home. You know, has, plays very well at home. Is happy to take uh, and you know nil nil draw. I mean, I know they they won the, the game against Swansea one nothing, but. Uh, they kind of got it against the run of play. Um, and uh, that Everton team, it was such a closely, you know, the, someone could have scored in that game. And Ayu didn't look great. Yeah, that was um, the most confusing thing to me about the Everton-Swansea game was Ayu was basically running around, like, uh, you know, w- w- with his head cut off. He yeah. um, he was trying to be a, he was playing hero ball, basically. He was trying to do everything and in the process found himself wildly out of position. Yeah, You'd see Sigurdsson receive the ball in the midfield and I would just take off down the field. Um, going back to my FIFA discussion, it's like playing FIFA with my friends online. Um, the only way, the only place you want the ball is a position in which you can shoot it. And Ayu yeah. seemed to his only move seemed to be toward goal and uh, into the attack uh, with no patience. Yeah. I just think that there's this this feeling a lot, uh, you know, a, a feeling that that you, that you see it feels very pervasive where someone has a good game, someone has a bad game. I mean, you got you got to make the move right away. And you know, I just I mean, they're going to a Southampton team that looked pretty leaky against Man United. Uh, then they have two fixtures at home. Um, once one against a Stoke team that is absolutely shipping goals right now. Um, and uh, one against a Tottenham team that um, I wouldn't be very scared of on the road. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just feel like um, a lot of people are bringing these guys out, and it's a little bit like, what have you done for me lately? Because I do think that they're going to um, come back around and hopefully starting this weekend. Also, he didn't play in the midweek fixture, so I think he you know, got a much-needed rest. Um, I mean, I, I still actually may bring him out for Dimitri Payet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is sort of the, the question that I'm going to be thinking about all week. Um, cause I, I've got the money to do it. And the, even if Paya goes up a 10th, I can still, I can still make the move. So I, I'm not even sure where I am on this, but I'm certainly not planning to bring out both of the Swansea attackers. It's a terrifying feeling, right? The, first, there's the terror of not getting on the bandwagon early enough and missing out on points. And the opposite is the terror of dumping somebody who you believe is out of form. Yeah, because it seems like the player who most people are talking about bringing out for Marshall, I mean, e- either it's Christian Benteke or it's Befatambi Gomis. I wonder if I said that right that time. <laughs> only yeah. only Twitter will tell us. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Gomez he has uh, close. He has close to he, see. There you go. You got it. Um, Gomez he's got. Did he goes by Tim to Tim his friends. Gomez? Tim Gomez. <laughs> I bet I bet they call him Tim in Swansea. I think they might call him Gomi, like uh, Hank Trader's <laughs> partner in Breaking Bad. Um, 
he speaking speaking of gomis um he's got close to eighty two thousand transfers out and yeah i think you're right about that um half of those have to be um at least half of those have to be people bringing in martial yeah it makes a lot of sense i mean what do you what do you think about benteke i mean i know we'll get to this later but are you um well it, worried about him i mean i guess you, you don't have him on your team so i don't what, but i, if, I if think you I w- him, would you would you be would you be, would you be making the move right now I would be worried, I suppose, which is weird because I know in the last episode of the podcast, I was really excited about Benteke. I think everyone uh, had their tails up for that Norwich fixture, which came to nothing for Benteke owners. So I was actually really thankful that uh, I still had my main man, Graciano Pella, uh, leading my line. I mean, I know we've been a little... um what's the word ambivalent uh about uh marshall so far in this podcast but if i had benteke i would absolutely be using my move this week to turn benteke into marshall i think that is a really easy move to make um i think there's a very good chance that benteke isn't going to play this weekend um it, there was an art there was an interview with uh, brent rogers where he he said as much uh this afternoon uh so i think that um I don't know. You know, I, I think mean, because change, changing a Bateki who might not start into with, with fixtures that get quite a bit worse after that. They're away at Everton and Tottenham the two weeks and weeks eight and nine. Uh, so bringing him in for Anthony Marshall, that's that's like an, even if it only works out for one week, it might be worth it. Yeah, I think there was this impulse too to overlook how weird and unorganized the Liverpool squad was because Benteke is just such a larger than life figure and an imposing striker. Yeah, I, I guess I don't. I mean, you probably understand formations a little better than me. I mean, how does how does it work with with uh, Sturridge and Benteke up front? I mean, are they just is it like a four four two or something? Like what? Well, I guess I guess how you'd play it is, and I'm not a, I'm not an expert, but you would probably you would play Benteke a little bit uh, further forward, and Sturridge plays off of Benteke and has a little more freedom of movement and mm-hmm. is probably closer into the midfield to receive the ball and take somebody in one on one, and then Benteke just plays off the shoulder of the last defender and waits for a cross in or for Sturridge to play the ball to him or collect a rebound off of a Sturridge shot. I mean, I guess I if mean, you're playing with that, Daniel Sturridge, that you're, that's your best chance to get the ball from him is off of a off of a uh, missed shot, right? Which would augur for bringing in Sturridge? Um, I mean, the, the you know, because you, you, theoretically, I mean, certainly we know that the guy is not afraid to shoot. Uh, so even if he's playing uh, a little bit past um, – Benteke, uh, you'd think he could possibly get goals and assists. I mean, the problem, of course, is that his price is absolutely insane. It is uh, insane. That, that takes 10. away from Or 10.4 now. I started at 10.5. Do you see his ownership there? Because to me, one of the more exciting things that happened in that Liverpool game was seeing Sturridge get the start. And he could be some real juice for um, strikers in the FPL. I feel like I don't even understand that price. I mean, he had so I'm looking at looking at his numbers from last year. Uh, I mean, he had four goals and three assists last season. I mean, he was injured, you know, much of the year, but I, I, just ten five is crazy to me. I, so Benteke must have been priced before he moved to Liverpool, right? He, yeah, was he still at Aston Villa and he was eight point five. Yeah, I don't remember what the timing was, but that does sound absolutely correct. Yeah, but ten five. I mean, so Sturridge gets that price because he's effectively the lone known quantity there. Yeah, that just to me Sturridge just. I guess like, Ings had some data behind him from Burnley. I could see nine or nine point five, but ten point five just means it's really impossible to bring him in. He had I a mean, hip replacement would, for God's sake, or whatever it was that he had. <laughs> yeah, you would need. 
I mean, I would need to see you need to see goals and assists and a, a couple matches in a row. I mean, I suppose if this Aguero thing never works out, then all, all of a sudden we've all got the money to to start bringing in the Daniel Sturridge's of the world. So that's a little bit of strategy for you guys. Uh, let's run down the actual action of game week six real quick. Um, we had a few games that we wanted to zero in on, first of which was Chelsea hosting Arsenal. And, uh, man, the wind in our sails when we when we got the first pints of Guinness there at the football factory, uh, mm-hmm. we were loving it. And then Mike Dean pulls out the red card, and I got, I got very angry, uh, weirdly. It was just a it was just a strange series of events. I, I mean, first of all, it was I, I really was expecting a red card for Costa. I mean, just given you know, obviously, you know, when you're at home, you can you can see the replays and you can see, um, you know, you can see him grab like all these people's faces and push and just do all that stuff, you know, away from the camera. I mean, now it looks like he is probably going to get a, you know, a retroactive three game ban. Yeah. Um, so that's that's something to talk about too. Although I don't think he's very well, um, you know, he's not he's not he's not a particularly it's not well gonna, on player. At I this don't point. think it's going to throw any teams into a downward spiral. Um, but yeah, it was just a, it was a very strange game. Uh, obviously, once once Gabriel, I mean, just classic Arsenal, right? I mean, no mental strength at all. Uh, and one, I mean, I, I say that as an Arsenal fan, but it's true. Well, yeah, it has uh, to be Mourinho's plan. I mean, Chelsea has not been playing well, but Mourinho knows by reputation and by playing Wenger so many times and beating him so many times that Arsenal's great weakness is their emotional um, vulnerability. Yeah. So I'm sure, like, uh, a la Cobra Kai, he told Costa to go out there and get on every last nerve of the defense and take them out of the game. And it, it, yeah. The, the, yeah I don't effectively putting the, Gabriel and Kashelny in a body bag. I don't know if you listened to the Guardians uh, Football Weekly podcast this week, but they were talking about it really exposed uh, sort of a leadership problem, too. I mean, if, if Murtisacker had been there, then he might have been able to go in there and break it up with Gabriel, but. As it was, I mean, Sandy Casola was the captain that week. And if Murtisacker was there, Gabriel wouldn't have been playing. Well, that, that's true. That's true. Um, but I but, take your point. Yeah, there was just there, there wasn't really a player who, you know, could just go in there and, and sort of boss things around and sort of well, yeah, and get that, cost off there. You do what Jordan Henderson did for Liverpool a couple of you know was that last well, fall or spring? It must have been. There was a he clip just, that was making the round where he basically like. He stared you know, down Costa. Put on a face. Yeah, exactly. And this is the thing that drives me crazy about Costa. Yeah, like hot take alert. I'm the first guy to have a hot take on Costa. But, um, yeah, it's great to have a villain in the Premier League. It's a lot of fun, and you can't blame any player for playing a mind game. It's a way to get an advantage. And the easy comparison is Luis Suarez, who, you know, bites people and is uh, documented as being a racist and saying weird shit on the field. So um, he's kind of like not a cool guy, but also Suarez is a beautiful footballer. He um, wants to win the game, and when he's not being crazy, he's being a fantastic player. Yeah, Co- no, one, no one mixes lovable and crazy quite quite as well as uh, Luis Suarez does. Yeah, it's it's he's the Reese's peanut butter cup of of villains. And I don't then, actually know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what it means either. <laughs> <laughs> but then you've got Costa where the um the the duality of him where he he tries to act like he anytime somebody touches him, he gets in their face like he's a big tough man. 
like to him it's all about let's be men and let's be athletes and be as physical as possible and then what he resorts to ultimately in this arsenal game are these petty mind games and he gets tapped on the shin by gabrielle and he gets thrown into hyperdrive yeah i was amazed that the gabriel red card got um rescinded today um, I guess he may apparently still get another red card for the way that he went off the pitch or not a red card, but like a, a one to three game ban for, for his behavior. Right. Yeah. He, um, he, he just stayed on the pitch for too long. Yeah. Just so resisting arrest, so to speak. Yeah. So just, and obviously once, once he was out, um, uh, the game had a completely different tenor. Um, not that I really expected Arsenal to win that game anyway, although, um, it would have been nice if my 11 million midfielder Alexis Sanchez had done something. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I was a little surprised that he, he got subbed out at the um, like I don't know, like the 75th minute of yeah, 74th minute. Um, and I was a little surprised he got subbed out because you'd think with his speed, um, you know, that he and um, um, Ivanovic. Right. Well, that he well he was tortured and Ivanovic got a yellow card just as we all might have, you know would have expected. Sure. You um, could bank on that. I should have yeah. gone to DraftKings. Uh, but you'd think him. that he and he and Walcott would be particularly valuable in a game like that where they're shorthanded. Um, but maybe he was just win, you know, worn down or something. Yeah. So I don't know what the takeaways here are for our Arsenal assets. Like I was saying, I'm still stuck with Mesut Ozil, and um, strangely, I, I I'm not still not that down on Ozil. Yeah. I feel like he's still the pivot man in that offense going forward. And you certainly wouldn't move him in advance of a game away to Leicester, right? I mean, that's a perfectly a, a fixture, you know, if not quite a plum fixture, certainly a fixture where they, they could score. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, okay, so in a vacuum at this Should point, score. You, own, you own Alexis. Would you take Alexis over Ozil going into that Leicester game? Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, if only because the considering the, the price so, and the stats um, and all that. Well, the price. Uh, yeah. I mean, just from a from a stat perspective, yes. I mean, if if you told me I could take that two point five million and and turn it into a striker, you know, I mean, I I, I don't know. You know, I I guess I probably would still hold on to, to Sanchez. I mean, the guy is so due. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, yeah. through six games, he has one assist, no goals, and he's you know getting so close again and again. Um. So I don't know. You, so you, you know, it's, so you, I, I, it's it's a, it's an unhappy time to be an Arsenal fan. It's an equally unhappy time to have an Arsenal player on your fantasy team. But you have to be encouraged by how Hazard looked this game. I mean, yeah. So uh, you know, on online you can see the stats of Hazard this season versus last season. He's famously a slow starter. Right around now is when he should be kicking into his typical Hazard style, and yeah. it seems to be the case. Yeah, and then the goal that he scored was was really overdue. I mean, the second half of that game was was all Hazard. I mean, totally bossing around, moving all around the pitch. I mean, he looked. It was like he had like a you know just the second wind. I mean, he was so energetic. Yeah, the goal um, the goal itself was a bit of a fluke, but he should have had other goals coming to him. So I uh, I didn't feel it was unjustified that he got that goal. Yeah, and uh, it really, you know, so this is, it, it creates a, a sort of happy dilemma for me for this weekend, which is, it's very tempting to to captain Hazard away to Newcastle. Absolutely, uh, yeah. You know, any team looks as bad as Sunderland, it's Newcastle right across yeah. the way. If Diego Costa gets subbed uh, or gets uh, suspended, uh, maybe it's it's a little less uh, enticing. Um Possibly more though too, because he might play further forward. I mean, you could almost you could you could 
I mean, I don't know. Is uh, uh, who's their their backup? Like I, I, it looks like Remy is now has moved ahead of Falcao. Um, I don't know. I think that um, I, I'm actually leaning towards Captain and Hazard in that game. I, I think that would be. I mean, we can't just Captain Aguero every single week, can we? <laughs> I mean, can you just keep Cap in the face of of him? Not really. Even today, I mean, he scored a penalty, but. Everyone else in that Man City team performed better in the Capital One Cup. Yeah, you know? follow, following the um, the minute by minute. On well, oh, wait, let's call it the League Cup, not the Capital One Cup. We're yeah, not getting we're not, we're the Capital shills. One's not sponsoring this podcast. No, we're not shills. Yeah, following the minute by minute on BBC, you could you could basically get the sense that everyone on that Man City team was having fun, but Aguero. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. So we'll 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 see. There there are actually a lot of interesting captain options this week. Um, if I bring in Paye, that would be a really tempting captain option as, as well. I mean. Um, I don't know. Just a, just a, it's, I mean, it's almost, it's, it's a little bit like, I got to tell you, I'm thinking about Russell Martin right now. Oh, sure. Well, yeah. Why not? Right. Uh, no, I mean, just, there's something about, um, the way that, I don't know. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it almost feels like you could follow Sunderland and, and as a fantasy player, you could follow Sunderland and, um, and Newcastle around for the next few weeks and just, just captain whoever's playing them because you know that it's going to be goals galore. So that's Chelsea's first clean sheet, and they look to be um, turning around, much like Josh's FPL team. Um, then we had uh, Midlands Derby, Villa, West Brom. Uh, uh, everyone who was calling out to, for you to get a West Brom defender turned out to be right. Yep. Thank you, you transfer. Made- thank for thank you, transfer hub. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I somehow nicked a bonus point in this game, which was kind of surprising. I, I got I got an extra, I got one bonus point for um, Micah Richards. For Micah Richards, this is ludicrous. How does Micah Richards get a bonus point? That was very strange. Um, okay, so then uh, Bournemouth, Sunderland. Uh, Bournemouth wins two zero. Column. <laughs> Colin Wilson, of course, gets a goal. After all these low these many weeks of us, we're just we're just really giving it to Callum Wilson for for no particular reason, uh, and he can proved us wrong in the, within five minutes of that match taking place or starting yeah. off. Yeah, and then uh, Matt Ritchie finally gets his goal, which was Wonder, a wonder strike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Newcastle loses to Watford. Troy Deeney gets you an assist, Josh. Mm-hmm. Another five from Troy, and then Eag Halo. Am I saying that right? Of course not. Igalo, I think. Igalo, Igalo, thank you. So he's got two goals. That guy's on fire. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I clearly he was the guy to bring in, right? I mean, he, he does look good, too. I mean, it doesn't look like it's fluky. I mean, uh, he's second most transfers in for strikers at uh, close to 72,000 in. You're hoping it'll reverse at some point. At some point, Dini will start getting these goals because their partnership up front is, is really working. And, uh, you keep seeing, I mean, it just again and again and again, Deeney feeds him the ball in the screen. If Deeney were like a 5.5 million midfielder, he would be an invaluable player. Yeah, for sure. Uh, as, as a striker, it's a little frustrating, uh, but he is getting attacking points. I mean, yeah, Gallo, I think, is a, a perfectly reasonable person to bring in, especially at his price. I mean, 5.1, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be very tempting if you had, um, I don't know who would be the striker you would you would take out to bring him in. I mean, I'm not sure there's an obvious move there. I mean, I guess just, you could go right from Dini to uh, Agallo. You could Dini to him, or I mean, if you wanted to, doesn't seem like a very creative move. If you wanted to be really smart and drop Wilson, uh, in, in <laughs> yeah, sort get of rid t- of that guy. Take a, Well, just just take a flyer that maybe um, Igalo is going to outscore Wilson in the next you know few weeks. Yeah, maybe he turn that. I mean, honestly, you could you could probably move like Harry Kane into a Gallo and uh, take that four million and invest it elsewhere. Yeah, 
Um, two to two, Stoke and Leicester. Both of these teams uh, completely suck at uh, defense. Uh, Robert Huth continues to screw me. Um, he's the guy who I can't get rid of. At the, I can't seem to work him out of my team, and he's just like screwing me week after week. Yeah, and Mares. I mean, that guy is just. Oh, it was so. You know, we were there with uh, with another friend of ours who had captain Mares this week, and you know, it was like nil nil at halftime. And our no, it wasn't. Was it? I think it was actually no. It was two nil two nil Stoke at yeah. halftime, and uh, I was like, oh, like Trevor, you just you know like. <laughs> You gotta, Sorry, buddy. Yeah, you gotta go with uh, with the Guerrero, obviously, obviously at home. <laughs> and uh, yep, second half goal assist, three bonus points. Did get a yellow card, uh, so you know I'll take that. Yeah, it was <laughs> I mean I have of... on my team as well, so I was I was happy about it. You could see it dawning on us into that second half. We're like, oh yeah, we could. It is within our power to captain Maras. I think a lot of us thought the same way, right? I mean, you know, it's when you see this guy perform so consistently. It's it's really it's it's Mares that's driving the Aguero conversation. It's not even about necessarily captaining Mares, but just this idea that we're all so. Obl- I mean, this is what I was talking about earlier um, about about Mata, you know. Um, but just the reverse is happening: is that we're also blinded by what Aguero has done over the years, and, and the stats indicate that he he's he is performing well. Um, it's just you know I don't know about the last game. The last game was was pretty poor for Aguero. Um, although he, he did you know clock and assist. Uh, but just that it's like it's blinding us to the idea that we could capture other players. And I think it's costing a lot of us. Well, it's obviously costing a lot of us a lot of points. Yeah. The game we were all looking forward to, Swansea-Everton, was a, a, a decent enough game. Uh, there was enough action, but it was scoreless. I think we were all hoping for a little bit more, particularly FPL-wise. Yeah. Um, though it just well, once, per- the, once the once the Death Eater comes on, you know the game's over. <laughs> yeah. What's uh, Eater? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that guy, he just looks a little bit, he's got a grim reaper quality to him. And he does. And for some reason, Swansea never score once he goes on the pitch. Yeah. The game, so it's the like game the game, game the game is over. It's, it's, it's sort of the way that, that Mourinho brings on, um, Johnny Obi McCall when he wants the game to be over. <laughs> yep. It seems like that's what, uh, Gary Monk does. It's like eaters on. Okay. Game over. He's ostensibly a striker, but what he really is, is a, it's a game eater. Um, we can, I continue to like the, um, central defense for Everton though. Um, and Galloway again had a pretty good game. Yeah. He was, he's, the guy he's was 4. in the, 5? is that right? 4.5 million defender? 4.5. And he seemed to be in the 18 yard box on their, uh, offensive end, uh, almost every time they had the ball in there. Yeah. Did you know that Everton has a 4 million defender named Pennington? Matthew Pennington? Tell me anything about that guy. Yeah, so Leighton Baines uh, still out. And do you, do you know where Galloway's playing on the pitch? He's is on he the some... left. Okay, so so he, Baines would replace him when he comes back, but it looks like he's out indefinitely. So you're probably safe there. I, I, I talked about this many times in the podcast, but we're getting pretty close to when you really want to start investing in two or three Everton assets. And we're probably still. About four weeks away from that. I think uh, game week 11 is when you really want to go for it. Yeah, I'm stealing myself, not trying to jump the gun on Berkeley. And, uh, yeah, it's tempting. I mean, he's, uh, you know, 6.9. How do you, 6.9, he's, he's climbing up there. He's going up, up, up. Uh, yeah, it might be 7 by the weekend. So it's it's tempting. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think they're, Pie to me is the obvious move, though, if you're if you're making a midfield move. Okay, so we both captained Aguero. We followed the herd. Um, we were following the law of averages. We were burned once again in this uh, Man City West Ham match. Where I mean, he had an open goal, and he shanked it. 
<laughs> he was he was quite far out. That was in the first half. The the ball sort of fortuitously came to him. This is the same Adrian Sergio Aguero who has scored from like the craziest angles from forty. I mean, when when Aguero's on form, he makes that shot. That's true. Yeah, he seems to be a little psyched out right now. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. Maybe it's. I mean, he played in the um, Copa America this summer, and maybe you know maybe he came back a little too early. I don't, I don't know. Just he and Alexis both are a little. You know, maybe, maybe we underestimate the Copa Americas. The hangover. The, yeah, yeah, the hangover. I don't know what kind of altitude they have there in Chile, but... I think it's pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I guess the big takeaway for City fans is De Bruyne looked terrific, and he looks to be central to that offense, particularly if Silva um, is out of the midfield. Yeah, so De Bruyne is... You know, we, it was funny because on the, on, the po- on the Twitter feed over the weekend, I was joking about how... Um, the Bundesliga assets are totally overvalued, and um, you know, like who could justify bringing in Son or um, or De Bruyne, you know, at their <laughs> their prices? Yeah, ten point oh and eight point oh, and both of them delivered this weekend. Uh, De Bruyne looked great. Uh, yeah, I think. Um, I mean, ten point oh is still it's still a lot of money, right? I mean, you can't. Someone's got to go if you bring him in. You know, do you do you move Silva into De Bruyne? Do you turn Alexis Sanchez into De Bruyne? That's certainly something I'm thinking about. Uh, do you turn um, Hazard if you still have him? I think I'm one of about eight managers that still has Hazard. But um, you know, I don't know. It's um, it's pretty interesting. I, I, it's, I, and he looked good in this game too. I feel like and it'd maybe, be crazy to turn Hazard into Brent to De Bruyne after this weekend. Well, after this weekend, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, and Raheem Sterling looked really good in the League Cup today too. So though he didn't start um, against West Ham, he didn't, he didn't even play. Yeah, I, I think they were just—he must have had a rest, right? I mean, I don't think there's any injury issues there. He is a very fragile man. He needs to sleep. I, I mean, Navas cannot be starting anymore, right? I mean, that guy—he's—he sucks. He, oh, he was terrible. I mean, I—I uh, I really was surprised he didn't get—he didn't get subbed out in that game. I think he played the. Did he play the full ninety? I think he. Yeah, he did. It was crazy. I mean, just crosses to nowhere. I mean, that guy's got <laughs> one move. <laughs> So you uh, you cashed in on Victor Moses late in the season uh, last year. Yeah, and he was on my my uh, transfer deadline watch, the little um, Excel grid that I put together and put on the uh, on the Always Cheating website. I mean, his price is great. Uh, the question was whether he was going to play every week, and it looks like he is. So yeah. you know, someone to keep an eye out for. I mean, that was a really lethal strike. It he was took lethal. It so fast. But you got it's it's crushing that he got yanked at the 59th minute. But he scored. Yeah, that is crushing. Uh, but he scored. Maybe they're just you know working him into the team still. Yeah. Uh, but six points in game week five, six points in game week six, five point three million midfielder. Very tempting. And another assist for Dimitri Payet. He's up to seven point seven mil with still. I mean, he's he's such a bandwagon guy, but only owned by sixteen point five percent. And they're about to play at home to Norwich and then away to Sunderland over the next two weeks. Damn. Yeah. Suddenly, I, after, felt like I, saw, I, felt, I felt the wheels turning in your head as I said yeah, that. I was like, after not paying attention to this guy for so long uh, and mentioning that earlier in the pod, I'm, I'm suddenly feeling very desperate to have this guy in my team. <laughs> so that city, they they lose their first clean sheet of the season. They lose the first game of the season. Like, Kolarov ended up with zero points. Yeah, that was a great move. Uh, turning Nasplakweta into Kolarov. Pretty pretty thrilled about how that worked out. <laughs> Well, this was the first week where I got to be vindicated uh, fielding Joe Hart over Kolarov, where mm-hmm. I got one point over zero points. So Yeah, there you, you go. Know, there's mud in your eye. <laughs> it works out over the course of the year. I'm sure it will. 
Um, so anything else to say about City West Ham? No, I don't think so. Uh, okay, so Spurs, Crystal Palace, Spurs win 1-0. You mentioned Son comes in and proves his worth at 8.0. He mm-hmm. looked like a terror on that field. It's funny how things, how quickly things change. I mean, if if I guess I just didn't know enough about him, really. I mean, I, I don't follow the Bundesliga very closely. Uh, despite it really, do you feel as an American that the Bundesliga is getting really jammed on your throat this year? I feel like I am seeing more promos for the Bundesliga just why would I follow the Bundesliga like I don't like why would I follow a league where only one team can win every year Lewandowski scores five goals in nine minutes it's I mean I guess I I I suppose there's I I don't totally believe what I just said because it's fun sometimes it's just fun to watch I mean obviously there are a lot of the 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 crowds are great and the you know um everything yeah, I mean, like it's it's always it's always going to be a race for second place in the Bundesliga, uh, but it's yeah, it's certainly fun to watch. You know, um, uh, you know, Ryan Darby or something like that. The league is not without its its history, and like you said, they have great fans. And or is it the Ruhr Darby? You know what I'm talking about? The rural juror, the rural juror, <laughs> with uh, with Boris Dortmund and um, and Schalke. Dude, don't come to me asking for facts about Bundesliga because I do not have them. We literally did a podcast about this on our last podcast about the Ruhr Derby. On the Crosstown Derby podcast? <laughs> on the Crosstown Derby, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, people. You can't find it anywhere. Uh, I have no memory. I, I showed up to every one of those podcasts with zero preparation. <laughs> I maybe read half a Wikipedia page on the subway, and that, that was the extent of it. <laughs> it was like, it was, those podcasts are basically me interviewing myself about, <laughs> about famous Derbies. <laughs> All right, so... Um, Crystal Palace, tough loss for them. Balassi, um, did I know a lot of managers are keen on Balassi. He, I thought he looked terrible. He was trying to, yeah. trying to do everything himself. His teammates looked like they hated his guts. We we knew this was coming with Crystal Palace because they they had this this really tough run of games coming up. Um, it'll be interesting. I think. Yeah, I mean, really starting this week, um, the fixtures get a lot better. I mean, they're. Um, Away to Watford, uh, home to West Brom, home to West Ham, away to Leicester. Um, then Man U at home, which, you know, they, there could be some goals in that game. Uh, and then they have Sunderland and Newcastle home back-to-back in game weeks 13 to 14. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I cast off Joel Ward, so I've stopped caring. Yeah. Uh, Bakary Saka was the one that I'm definitely keeping an eye on still. Um, but maybe, I mean, Saka, 5.6 million, away to Watford. Um, that's That's kind of tempting. Sure, do it. So one 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 possible move that I could do is is not burn a transfer this week and turn IU into Sako, and uh, that would give me some more money to to play around with and turn Dini into somebody else. So I don't know. I, I love having those two transfers. Let's be honest. There's no way you're doing that. <laughs> not in a million years. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good on paper, but there's it just does. no way you're doing That's that. That's true. That's true. Uh, I'm more likely to turn Alexis Sanchez into him. Otherwise, set myself up with a nice segue. Sounds good on paper. Liverpool, Norwich. Mm-hmm. Um, all those poor people who captain Benteke, he's out at halftime, and the scoreline ends up 1-1. Yeah. And Speaking of poor people, ridiculous. they burned four points to bring in Nathaniel Klein. I know. I thought I was so clever bringing in Martin Skrtel a couple weeks ago. I mean, I knew that... I, I, you know, I felt like Gomez was on the way out, and so I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll pay for the consistency. I thought Nathaniel Klein looked better than Martin Skrull, actually. I mean, Klein looked dangerous in that game. Yeah, that is, that is another unpopular opinion. Uh, and I posed this question to our friends at Transfer Hub, um, and they talked me into uh, getting Dawson on West Brom, which was great. Totally worked out for me. But I still stuck to my guns and ended up burning four points to get Klein in. 
And that guy's due. He's due for some points. They've got some tough fixtures coming he up. He was so good on Southampton last year. Yeah, I feel like there will. There's always a point with this liver with the Brendan Rodgers Liverpool team. Although put two or three games together, and hopefully Klein will be a part of of some sort of upswing. Yeah, I mean, last year uh, for Southampton, Klein had um, two goals, two assists, fifteen bonus points. Um, so yeah, he's definitely going to deliver. Um, and at 5.5 million, he's, he's a pretty reasonable player. I, you know, I just, I'm, I feel very disappointed, um, because I, I had brought in Scarlett with the idea that I could write all these fixtures. I mean, they had, um, you know, home to home to West Ham, home to Norwich next week, they're home to Aston Villa. I mean, this that seemed like three to four really good home fixtures. And, uh, I mean, the equalizer was just such a, oh, so I, you could see it happening. Like the second they got a corner, they want a corner. I knew something bad was going to happen. And it stings even worse because everybody has George R. Russell Martin dances with dragons on their bench, buried on their bench. I mean, thank right. God Mark Albrighton gets to. Right. Have so it, t- it would, yeah. So it took a crazy scenario where, you know, Silva didn't play and Raheem Sterling didn't play and Gomez didn't play to, to even bring in Martin. And suddenly uh, everyone's what, did he get nine points in that game. Yeah, he did. He ended up with one bonus um, on top of the goal. Um, yeah. And so you lo- I lose the clean sheet. This is the third goal that Martin has scored in so the burned, season. Yeah, you burned four points and you didn't get the nine from Martin. I would have taken you in our head to head had I just not burned the four and, you know, played martin and that that goes with my age-old theory which i often bring up is just trust the attacking power of your defenders in your squad there it was a very clever it was a very cheeky goal for martin i mean the ball sort of chip yeah but like a pretty i mean that has to be chipped just just weighted just right you know i mean the way it just you could like it was the worst part if you had liverpool defenders you could see it in slow motion you could see the ball just sort of floating yeah. over Mignolet's outstretched hands and nothing he could do. So uh, Martin is on my bench. He's guaranteed to score. He, um, he's been on my bench for all three of those goals. Fortunately, one time he got subbed in into my squad yeah. to score a goal. But and Go- Gomez, I mean, he's pro- you, you, would, you would think he's lost his place, right? I mean, Moreno looked really good in that game, had the assist on the Ings goal. Yeah. Uh, I, would, I guess we'll see tomorrow in the League Cup, um, but I would expect... Uh, I would expect that's that that's it for Gomez for at least for a while. Okay, our last fixture that we wanted to talk about the last fixture of the game week: Southampton hosting Manchester United, and uh, ends up two three. Yeah, and I feel like we've already we've talked about Marshall pretty extensively, so I don't know if we need to go into that too much. the The thing about Marshall, and you know, we talked about this a little bit over the weekend uh, when we were at the football factory, is you know, it's it's there there just aren't a lot of striking options right now. You know, there aren't a lot of players that you can bring in who are consistently delivering. So it's it's if this were a normal season where you had five, six, seven players who were all who you're kind of bringing in and out. Um, I mean, I guess even Pele, who was very inconsistent in the second half of last year, is one of the more consistent players. Um, you know, so when when someone comes around who's not that expensive, who's playing at home to Sunderland, um, it, it's very hard to resist. Yeah, uh, Pele looked great in this game. I mean, uh, I w- felt felt really lucky. I mean, honestly, I was praying for a hat trick before this game even started. So he puts the goal in, like, within, I don't know how, uh, very early in the game. And I'm yeah. thinking, great, it's on. Let's do this. And then, uh, like, a few minutes after he put in that rebound off of De Gea, he, had, he was in on goal, and he put the shot um, off the post. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, I, yeah, barely missed. I was I was really feeling it there. That was like an inside the post miss too. You know, sometimes it's off the post, but it's kind of a gl- like glances off the post. I mean, that was that should have been a goal. Yeah, he didn't finish very well there. But um, I don't know Pele is just such a weird guy to own because when he's great, he's great, and when he's not, it's not that he's terrible. He's just terribly frustrating. Yeah, and it turns out that Mane was a guy worth holding the line on too. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, it's just it's just strange with him. Why did he only play twenty four minutes in game week five? I mean, maybe he traveled far for the international break. Um, but you know, eleven points in game week four, nine points in game week six. Um, you know, their fixtures, Southampton's fixtures uh, the next few weeks are not too bad. Um, they're kind of they're kind of a mixed bag. Um, Swansea at home, Chelsea away, Leicester at home, Liverpool away, Bournemouth at home, Sunderland away. So that's the, over the next six weeks. I, mean, I, I four of those are pretty good though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. their offense looks to be clicking. It looks very. Yeah, organized. I'm not, it looks very yeah. organized. And even Liverpool away, I'm not sure how scared of that match I'd be. I, I, really, just Chelsea away. Yeah. Um, and then of course you, you got to consider Juan Mata. Everyone's doing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have to mention De Gea, right? I mean, that guy's—he uh, had an even though he let in two goals, he had an amazing game. He almost stopped yeah. that um, rebounded shot from Pele to open up the scoring too. Oh, the question is just you know whether um, I mean he's five point four, and is that t- is this team going to take a big drop now that Luke Shaw's gone? You know, I mean that's that's really the question. Um, so, I mean, he actually hasn't kept a clean sheet so far. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess there's not a lot he could do on that Benteke goal. Uh, in uh, game week five, I, you know, I mean, do you, you're a little more inclined to take an, an expensive defender or expensive goalkeeper than I am. I like, I like, like five million sort of where I max out. Uh, but I, I thought he looked great from a like actual real life soccer perspective, but from a <laughs> fantasy point of view, I'm not sure I'd want him on my team. All right, um, should we, should we just run through these game week seven fixtures before we sign off? Yeah, let's take a quick look. Um, early morning Saturday, we got Spurs, Man City. Captain Aguero, <laughs> triple captain, triple captain Aguero, and um, and triple captain uh, Son too. Yeah, what double triple captain? Capital. Yeah, double triple captain. Um, was it was it at White Hart Lane last season where Aguero scored four goals? Uh, yeah, or three was, goals and an assist, or whatever it was. Was that, that the match had. where you showed up and I had? <laughs> you almost kicked me out of your house. <laughs> I was so mad. Uh, I had gone back and forth and captained him. Uh, that was that. We can't. We can't talk about that game. That was too painful. Uh-huh. So yeah, he has. I, you know, I don't read too much into that. I mean, yeah, he has a good record against them. I don't know. Hoot. It's it's the early morning game though. You know, I, I don't There's know. No but way. I, yeah, exactly. You can't captain the early morning game because that sucks all the fun such out a day of it. Ruiner. I know. I mean, the only way you're happy in that situation is if you get three. If you get a hat trick out of your captain. Yeah, I really don't know what to what to what to do about Aguero right now. Um, I mean, because the problem is it's so it's it's just so nerve wracking. You know, I mean, because you know he's going to go off at some point. But how many weeks in a row can you pass up better captain options in the face of him? eventually going off yeah the solution is easy just keep him in your squad and don't captain him yeah until i guess he that's hits true. form right yeah yeah exactly uh all right next match is uh lester arsenal i'd expect lots of goals in this game i would expect arsenal to um i would expect them to win this game uh, i know that lester has been playing kind of heroically the last few weeks uh but this is the kind of game that arsenal typically wins right especially you know a tough loss 
Um, I think that Cazorla will be back, right? Because his his ban was only, for only the, a one game suspension. He served in the league tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does hurt him in that um, North London derby though. Uh, so I think, um, yeah, I, I, this game is a little tricky too, because we'll see who I would expect him to play pretty much the full squad tomorrow, um, you know, for the North London Derby. Although honestly he shouldn't, right? Because who he cares? Should. Yeah. I mean, the he loses fit- Spurs and the, the league cup, you know, it, just, it does not matter. Chelsea match was just one game. They had been playing better, but you know, they've been playing better in the league, but um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a tough week for Arsenal fans. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, Robert Huth is not going to hold the line. He never does. Yeah. Let's say like two, maybe like this game could be like three two Arsenal. I could see something like that. And Marez will have a goal and an assist. Again. I pred- I predict three one Arsenal. Okay. All right. Liverpool Aston Villa. Uh, Liverpool will not be keeping a clean sheet. Oh, so I I feel like I kind of buried the lead on this, Brandon. But as as we discover over the, over the weekend, to my horror. Somehow, through the first six weeks of the season, not a single player on my team has kept a clean sheet. Not a single defender. Uh, maybe it, maybe player, maybe midfielders have, but no no defenders somehow. It hardly seems possible, does it's it? It's remarkable. It is truly remarkable. I, I, could, I did not believe you when you brought this up over the weekend. I mean, you would have to, like, if you were just randomly picking players, you would have had more clean sheets than FS. I've actually had a lot of goals and assists. Right. Like, it hasn't been a complete disaster. I mean, you got Jeff an Butler, assist from you know. Butland. <laughs> yeah, and two bonus points. So he's uh, actually getting more points than he would just on a typical clean sheet day. Yeah, so it's just very, very odd. Um, it just it seemed, and I'm like, and I'm chasing, right? I mean, I brought in Kohler off this week, and it didn't work out. And I had Martin Skirtle at home to Norwich, and that didn't work out. So... I really, I don't know what's happening right now. There aren't a lot of clean sheets in the league, I will say, in general. No, and I'm not one to predict, but I would would feel pretty good about a Liverpool clean sheet against Villa. Yeah, I'm going to say 1-1. I think think another crummy 1-1 draw is in the cards. (laughs) All right. Uh, Man U Sunderland. Uh, How about uh, 5-1 Man U? Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, Marshall getting five goals in in seven minutes just to top Lewandowski. <laughs> yeah, the, the, we've talked like for like forty minutes about Man U in this game, so we'll, we'll move on here. Nothing to say about Sunderland. Uh, next match is uh, Southampton Swansea. Um, this is a really interesting match. This is actually very similar to the Everton Swansea match last yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, agreed. It seems like a it can be a really interesting game. I, you know, I was just talking up the Swansea assets. I, I do think they'll score in this match. Um, you know, I don't know. It just um, it's hard to predict this one, you know. I mean, the, the teams they're is Southampton having a good season or not? I mean, they they look like they're okay sometimes, and I don't know. Let's say like a, like a one one game or something like that. That's I would agree part. with that. Yeah, I think uh, go. Hey, this is the reason to hang on to Gomes. I'm not sure about AU based on that Everton game, but I like Gomes to score in this game, and I also like Pele to score in this game. <laughs> All right. Uh, next match is uh, Stoke versus Callum Wilson's Bournemouth. And uh, I imagine that um, Wilson will score uh, seven goals in this game. I <laughs> no, I don't know. I think um, Stoke is letting. I mean, there, there is. It is crazy how much that that team has changed. I mean, they are letting in goals like you know, just you know, it's hard to shake the the Pulis from this team, right? I mean, I still have this this idea of of, of Huth and uh, who's the Shaw, other Shawcross. Yeah, Huth and Shawcross. You know, these this, this like late night you know midweek fixtures like just terrors and yeah it just i mean it, it, I, there's no solidity right now in that defense yeah if jeff can the button looks great but he's a save machine that dude mm-hmm. and an assist machine 
I, I guess they're they're integrating a lot of new players, and they're, they're clearly trying to 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 develop a, a new, more interesting and attacking style of play. And I think they're you know they're, they're willing to pay the price of a little less defensive slowity to do it. So I I don't think yeah. I'd be terribly disappointed if I was a Stoke fan. I, if I were a Stoke fan, I'd be thrilled. I mean, I know they're not, they're not winning quite as much as as they might like, but they're, they're, there's, they have no chance of being relegated this year. Um, you know, I mean, they've been like hovering between 10th and 15th for years. You know, why not, you know, I don't know, why not break things up and, and reform them and bring in some new people and maybe maybe you lose and draw a few games early on that you shouldn't. But, you know, I, I, I like the direction they're going. Absolutely. The fans were crying out for this yeah. when uh, And Shakiri, you know, I think Shakiri will be an interesting player at some point, too. Um, you know, so I don't know. But too early to bring in Shakiri, clearly. Agreed. Um, all right. West Ham and Norwich is the final 10 o'clock fixture. Uh, Norwich you know, was pretty impressive in their game um, against Liverpool. I mean, they, you know, they looked they looked like they could have scored a few different times, especially in the first half of that game. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my very sadly, uh, Dia Mercy Mopakani has not uh, not yet featured, and uh, I don't really know why. I mean, that guy is going to be start. He's he's going to be scoring conservatively, right? Let's be conservative here. <laughs> okay, you can seventy five to one hundred and fifteen goals over the course of the season. <laughs> You're really going to dazzle everyone with your ability to pronounce that guy's name. <laughs> I predict a zero zero uh, draw in this game. Uh, wow. Win- okay. Winston Reed looked like the man against Manchester City. He was in front of every ball coming. Yeah, he had a great uh, game at Adrian. He had a yeah fantastic game. Um, oh, you know what? I I, I take it back. Oh no, so okay. So Mopakani did not feature against Liverpool. He did get nine minutes against Bournemouth. Nine nine very dangerous minutes. And he failed to score. Well, did he fail to score? I mean, he he, he did what he scored had. with you in some fashion. Yeah, Mopakani did what had to be done. I don't, know, I don't know why. He had a 3-1 victory. I don't know, but my gut is telling me 0-0 draw in this game. West Ham, Norwich. <laughs> all right. All right. Interesting pick. I, I think that uh, West Ham is going to um, – well, I don't know. I mean the, the the best games they played this year have been games in the road against the top teams in the league. Uh, but I do think um, – I don't know. I, they're playing really well right now. Um, I, I would expect them to win like something like 2 or 3 nothing. Yeah. Okay, so that brings us to the uh, the twelve thirty fixture here in the states, and that is Newcastle Chelsea. Uh, we have to think that Chelsea's it's it's happening, right? The the, the big turnaround. Yeah, ba- I mean, based on one game, um, and I don't. Well, know, I, I, I mean, they they look good against uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv too in the Champions League. Yeah, they have to be thrilled to have kept a clean sheet there, and Hazard looked fantastic. Um, I, I, I fear for anybody playing head to head against somebody who has Cesar this week. Yeah. I mean, this is where my inherent conservative nature is hopefully going to work out for me because I, I've been holding the line on Hazard for so long. Uh, and it finally did pan out this week. And so, I mean, you couldn't ask for much more than an away game to Newcastle. Yeah. So uh, given, given how Newcastle have played so far this year. So what are you guessing? Like four goals for Chelsea? I think they could score four goals. Uh, I guess without Costa, maybe they, you know, I, even without Costa, yeah, I'll predict a four-one Chelsea win. Yeah, I predict a four a four-one Chelsea win, and I predict that actually Loic Remy is going to reap most of the benefits, and Hazard will have lots of assists to the assists. 
Okay, yeah, that that's possible. So he'll get like one bonus point. Yeah, sorry about that, Josh. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that brings us to the Sunday match. Only one match on Sunday is kind of a weird. I don't really understand the the setups. Do you? I mean, it's like so for some reason there are eight games this week and then one on Sunday, one on Monday. I assume it um, means like there's probably a hockey game happening at one of these stadiums it means on, the, on Sunday. The, yeah, the Rugby World Cup or something. Um, I, mean, I know that I know that there are there are, there are more Sunday fixtures when there are. Um, when there are Europa League fixtures, but everything else, it doesn't really make sense. So anyway, uh, Watford is um, at home to Crystal Palace. Uh, would expect goals uh, from both sides in this game. Um, expect another five-point game from Troy Deeney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he gets his goal in this game for me. Yeah. All right. And that brings us to the uh, final game, which is West Brom Everton on Monday. Gosh. So... Any thoughts on this one? Um, yeah, I suppose it's going to be uh, West Brom is tough to break down at home. As we know, their defense looks really solid. And I mean, Everton had a tough time breaking down Swansea over the weekend. Um, Lukaku doesn't seem to be firing yet. He's I mean, he, he looks good enough on the ball, but he's being his typical Lukaku self where he just has trouble making a sensible decision when he receives the ball. Yeah. Uh, I, I I just have this feeling it's going to be a boring game. I mean, I I don't know if that's just the the Pulis in me or the the, the Pulis, my knowledge of Pulis. Or maybe a I just want to keep Pulis. saying the word yeah, touch of Pulis. Maybe I just want to keep saying the word Pulis again and again. Uh, I could see this being like a I, I I could see Everton winning though. I'll go on a limb and say a one nothing Everton win. Yeah, I'd buy it. I mean, Ross Barkley's on fire right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he scored today in the League Cup. Um, he was bossing it against Swansea, even though he kind of refused to pass the ball at any point. This so, are you fr- thinking about? Are you really thinking about AU to Barkley? Yeah, I won't do it this week. Mm-hmm. I really don't think I will. Um, yeah, it's just one that I'm. Key- I just really like the look of Barkley, but and you want to justify that Dawson move that you made? I do want to justify <laughs> it. Yeah, so yeah, guaranteed Dawson will keep a clean sheet and score off a corner kick. It's no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, that that was. I think we. This is like record time for us. It is record time. It's probably like our first fifteen minute podcast. <laughs> uh, so, all right, Brandon. So I'm looking forward to this weekend's fixtures. Uh, looking forward to building on my my fifty four point week, possibly cracking the top two million. I mean that uh, you know one can dream, right? I think it's within your grasp. You have to keep the turnaround going. I think yeah. it's within your grasp. I do like this narrative of of me climbing literally millions of spots to try to get up into a respectable number (laughs) um we were talking about the hail cheaters public league earlier you can still sign up the league code is at our website at alwayscheating.com just hit the league button there and there's you can auto join button there and then there's also the league codes also on our twitter feed yeah and the twitter is at hail cheaters so find us there um we're usually tweeting during the games or at any point during the day and you can hit us up with questions and comments there and we can uh, bring it up for discussion on the next episode of always cheating all right I'll talk to you later, Brandon. Cool. Oh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I forgot to also mention last week we're available on Stitcher Radio, so you can subscribe there too, and uh, feel free to leave us a review. All right. Well, hail Poku. Yeah, Poku forever. Mm-hmm. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.